bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's Word. There are four things that feed your habits. Because a habit cannot grow unless it is fed. If you don't feed it, it will not grow. No matter how wild an animal is, even a lion, no matter how wild a dog or a fox, whatever, if it's not fed, it's going to die. Four things that feed your habits, both for good or for bad. The first is repeated action. Habits start with the first act. The first act opens the door, then a second act, then more acts follow. And usually the first act is the most difficult. We are told that the average person needs 21 days of repeated action for a habit to be formed. So if you do it over and over and over, 21 days, 21 times, it's stuck with you. And you see that Samson's problems did not start with Delilah. If you read his story, he had been playing games with girls for a while. Now he's become a habit. The first is repeated action. The second thing that feeds your habit is familiar settings. Familiar settings. Habits are built around places or things you are familiar with. For Daniel, his habit of prayer was built around a window of his home that faces Jerusalem. So anytime he sees that place, it reminds him, I must pray. For some of you, you have a habit of Bible study and it's related to a place in your home. And anytime you see that place or sit in that place, you pray or you pick your Bible. Habits are built around familiar settings. For some people who drink, it's a certain spot, a certain smell, a certain scent, a certain familiarity that reminds them to go back to an action. Then the third thing that feeds your habit is routines, routines. After actions are repeated for a while, they become routine. A routine is something that has become a part of your life. You do it all the time. And the fourth thing that feeds your habits is reinforcing culture. A culture that supports you. Every habit needs a support system to keep it strong. For Daniel, his prayer culture was supported by his Jewish culture, the writings of the Old Testament. And not only that, but he had friends who were in exile with him, whom he prayed with and prayed together. They had been through the fiery furnace, also for resisting to bow. So that culture supported him. Your habit is always supported by a culture, some friends, something you read something you watch all the time, something you hear all the time, some people who come around you. And so far as you keep those people around you, the culture, the habit will be fed. It's like a man who doesn't know how to treat his wife well. A 
And then he comes to church and he hears a message that says, treat your wife well, treat your wife well. Hold your wife's hand in public. So he goes out and he tries to hold the wife's hand. But the culture around him, people say, hey, hi. It's the idea. <laughs> I mean, they're going to start making jokes about you. Hey, look at him. Now, I mean, they're going to make you feel you are the most unintelligent, stupid guy who ever showed up on this planet because you are holding. Then all of a sudden, this man who had resolved in church to be affectionate leaves their wife's hand and just says, oh, you go there. And then his friends encourage him. Why? Because habits are fed by a reinforcing culture. And so that culture is going to keep you bound to that habit. It's a routine. There's a familiar setting. There's repeated action. And if it's a negative habit, it can sabotage you for the rest of your life. Let us see the power of a habit. The power of a habit. Nobody describes this more than the great apostle Paul. And we'll read some things that Paul describes in Romans chapter 6 verse 16 and then Romans chapter 7 verse 15 and Romans chapter 7 verse 17. In Romans chapter 6 verse 16, this is what Paul says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Paul is basically saying you can submit to good habits or to bad habits. Then in chapter 7, he says some very perplexing things. Verse 15, he says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. Verse 19, For the good that I will do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not do, that I practice. The power of habits. Four things I want you to note about the power of habits. First is that habits overrule reason. Habits overrule reason. Have you done something that you know to be wrong? You know all the facts and yet you kept doing it. Your mind, your reason, your intellect knows it, but your habits overrule your reason. We've seen it in the story of Samson. We've seen it in the story of a person who goes to buy a, a box of cigarettes. Everything reasonable tells him, this is going to kill you. But a habit overrules reason. Don't ever forget that. It's powerful. Habits overrule reason. Secondly, habits nullify intentions. You can have the best resolutions, whether New Year or whatever year, and find yourself moving the opposite direction of what you've resolved to do. Your intention is right, but your habits are wrong. So somebody may decide, I want to lose weight. You go to the doctor, and the doctor says, your blood pressure is shooting through the roof. And you need to stop eating ABC and lose weight. Otherwise, 
you can jeopardize your life. You know it, the facts. Your diabetes is hurting you because of this thing that you eat. And you say, I will live. That's an intention. But you find yourself sometimes almost miserably unable to resist your habits. So you're eating the things you know you must not eat. It doesn't mean you are mad. It's just that you have built a habit and habits are stubborn things. But there is a way to break them. Because if they can be formed, they can be unformed. If they can be born, they can die. But a person can have a great intention. I want to lose weight and still put on a lot of weight. Why does it happen? Is the devil against them? But it's not really just about the devil. It's simply because they've, there's been a repeated action. There is a familiar setting they haven't dismantled. So you find yourself sitting in the same place, cooking in the same pot, and doing certain things that are very familiar to you and help you to eat. And then you can find reinforcing culture in Ghana. People say, oh, you are looking sweet. <laughs> you have excess baggage. They say, you are looking sweet. <laughs> you are killing yourself. They say, you are looking sweet. You have a huge pot belly. It's intruding into your life. And they say, you now look prosperous. It's a reinforcing culture. Habits nullify your intentions. Habits drive your choices. Have you found yourself repeatedly making the same choices with negative consequences over and over again? Why do you keep trusting people who keep breaking your heart? Why do you keep losing money over and over with investments? Why do you end up with the same kind of people? You break up with one boyfriend and you get a similar character. And you break up with him and you get a similar character. The problem is not them. There's something about your habits that drives your choices and gravitates you to a cycle and a pattern. And until you identify and deal with it, your habits will sabotage your happiness. The fourth thing about the power of habits is that habits enslave you. They control you. Paul says that they will enslave you. You may think that you are in charge of your habits, but in reality, you are under the control of your habits. You've heard the story about how elephants are brought into captivity. You go to a circus and you see a big old elephant controlled by a small boy. Sometimes they, they've tied a very tiny rope around the elephant's leg. And the elephant obeys instructions. Why can't the elephant break free? Why does he stand stationary, tied to a rope? It can break, and a, and a pillar or a stick, it can easily uproot. Because when the elephant is a child, as a tiny child, they tie the elephant to a tree with a strong chain. And uh, it tries to move, but the chain stops it. It tries to move, the chain stops it. It tries to move, the chain stops it. It can't move the tree. It can't move the chain. And it grows one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. It gets used to the fact that it cannot break free. 
And the moment the masters of the elephant recognize that, they can see the point when the will of the elephant is broken by the habit. And then they take the chain off. Because at that time, you can just use any piece of thread to tie the elephant and it will not break free because it has surrendered. It happens to elephants. It happens to human beings. Many of us have given up. Our will is broken. We don't even want to try any longer because anytime you try to move, you couldn't. Now you can hear the most inspiring message, be under the most anointed service, have hands laid on you, but you wouldn't make any effort because you have just surrendered. Your will is broken. It happens to us. It happens to me. It happens to humans as it happens to elephants. How many marriages have been lost to habits? How many families have been divided because of bad habits? How many jobs have been lost because of bad habits? How many relationships destroyed because of bad habits? How many minds wasted because of bad habits? How many diseases have we brought on ourselves because of bad habits? If we're going to live the lives that God wants us to, to live, we have to build our lives consciously around some habits. And although many of the habits in our lives are formed unconsciously, you can consciously form habits. And I'm going to just talk about six habit centers. And these are the centers of our lives that we need to consciously build godly, Christ-like, Christ-centered habits around. I want you to take time to think about these three six centers throughout the week because you're going to start thinking about what are my habits in these areas and what habits do I need to break and which ones do I need to build. The first center that we need to build habits around is our spiritual habits. They will determine how we live spiritually. Our spiritual habits will inform our character, our Christian witness, our life as Christians, spiritual habits such as reading the Bible, like praying as Daniel had formed, like sharing the word of God, applying the word of God to our lives, like spiritual meditation and allowing the word of God to be formed inside us. There are habits that we must form spiritually. Family habits would help us to build our homes. It will determine how we love our spouses, how we respect our spouses, how we train up our children, how we discipline our children, so we don't pass on the same negative habits we have to our children. Spiritual habits, family houses. The third is relational habits, how we relate to people. This will help us to work our friendships, our commitments, our loyalties. If all your friends are gossips and you move and make more gossip friends, you have to start thinking, what is it about me that is attracting me to gossips? Why do I keep gravitating to these? Why do my friends always disappoint me? Why do my friends always let me down? Why do I trust people and they always fail? The fourth center is financial habits, how we handle money, habits of spending, habits of savings, habits, habits of investment. 
poverty most of the time is a habit. There are other things that can cause poverty. Definitely there can be inequity, inequality, injustice, unfairness in the distribution of resources in a local location, and that can create poverty. But a lot of the time there are also personal habits that make us not able to handle money well. Money comes through us, but it flows out of us because we have bad spending habits, bad saving habits, bad investment habits. We need to replace them with good habits. The fifth is health habits. How we treat our bodies, eating, exercising, sleeping. You cannot always keep sickness away from you, but there is a lot you can do to make yourself healthier. There are things you do that will predispose you easily to some health challenges. We need to build habits around our health life. And the sixth area is our work habits. Our work habits, how we handle responsibility, time management, solve, solving problems, team playing. All these are work habits we can have. Sometimes there are people who get fired. They, they lose their jobs almost all the time. Promotions never come to them. They are bypassed every time there is promotion. And much as sometimes it can be a conspiracy, uh, it can be an attack and all of that, sometimes we have to examine, have we built habits that deny us promotion? Have we built habits that make people pass us by? Have we built habits that do not promote us, but demote us? And asking yourself, what are my habits in these areas? What habits have I formed? What are the wrong things I do here? What should be the right things uh, I should be doing? Uh, I believe that if we consciously start building the right habits, we may not overnight change everything about our lives, but we'll start a process of change that will make success more predictable in our lives than it is now, so we can live the life that God wants us to live. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville. Email Otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000.